Well, hello and welcome to the Brian Hornback Experience, episode 127. Still continuing to do some things here in the compound to make it a little more appealing to you, the viewer. Uh, if you're listening, no change, okay? But um, uh, still got the lights, uh, still got um, the same equipment. The only difference is um, I've upgraded the stand and made it a little bit closer, um, trying to find my charger right here, right now, right here, right now. Hey, uh, a lot of things been going on in Narcissus County. I was on with an express edition, uh, not too long ago, about a week ago. And, um, we talked a little bit, but, uh, let's talk about, uh, the latest blog post that's up on brianhornback.com. It's called school security is broken. Now, um, you know, re remember that, uh, I am a former school board member 20 some years ago. Um, was elected in 2000, served until 2004, was party, uh, Republican Party Chairman, uh, 2005 to 2007. I'm currently on the State Executive Committee for the Tennessee Republican Party, one of 66. Um, but uh, look, you know, I, I'm willing to accept the responsibility that uh, during my, my four years on the school board, uh, maybe school security wasn't, um, wasn't addressed. But the fact of the matter is it's been several decades that school security hasn't really been addressed. We're on right now, best I can figure, we're on about our fourth uh, school security chief. Um, uh, there was a guy, uh, Scruggs, Raz Scruggs was security chief. A guy named Steve Griffin was security chief when I when I was uh, there. Then we hired a former, or school board hired a former uh, KPD guy in uh, Gus Padusas. And now for the last two years, we've had this guy named Jason Periard, I think is how you say his last name. He's from uh, Los Angeles. Here's the problem. Uh, let's go back in time a little bit. Let's go back to before Columbine. That would have been before I ever decided to run for school board. Uh, I decided to run for school board in 99. Columbine happened somewhere in 98, 99, somewhere in that time frame. Um, if I had my computer up, I could tell you because I could Google it, but about a year before Columbine happened, then Knox County Sheriff Tim Hutchison, who had gotten elected in 1990, um, went to um, the county commission and said, look, I want to put an officer in every Knox County school. And they said, oh, no, 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 Sheriff, that's going to be too expensive. We can't do that. Uh, and then fast forward to Columbine. Columbine happened and the commissioners came back and said, oh, Sheriff, you know, you might have known what you were talking about. And so at that point, they began to work on putting an officer in every school. Uh, well, at that point, it was high school and middle school. They didn't worry about the elementary schools. Remember, Knox County's got 95 schools. They had 95 schools when I was on the school board. They still, still got about 95, although they keep building them. Anyway, whatever. Um, so again, that's started the process, okay? So the city... Uh, has an officer assigned to all the middle schools and high schools in the city. Uh, I assume they've got one assigned to the elementary school. But again, let's remember, they're not there the entire school day, okay? They're, they're, they're still moving around. For elementary schools, they might move around from school to school, but they are assigned to those schools, okay? But then Knox County uh, decided that they were going to create their own school security force, Uh Matter of fact, Knox County is one of the highest number of school security officers. You have SSOs and you have SROs. One works for the sheriff's department or the law enforcement agency. One works for the school system. Um, but 
all that all that to be said and, and then interestingly enough this is happening on on uh saturday uh the 29th of april uh an incident happened yesterday that we're going to talk about at west high school april the 28th remember the school shooting in nashville happened on march the 27th okay so we're talking about a month and a day uh of this incident happened at west high school but on Thursday, the 27th, the Knox County School Board voted on their 668 point, I believe it was nine, million dollar budget for next year. You know, why they couldn't just go ahead and round it up to 670 million, I don't know. But anyway, uh, every million counts, right? Uh, and every million eventually adds up. Anyway, all that to be said. Um, so... Let's go back a couple of years, okay? We had some problems at Austin East. We had about five students uh, that were students at Austin East uh, that had died from gun violence. Uh, but in particular, we had Anthony Thompson Jr., um, who the Knoxville Police Department shot in the bathroom of Austin East High School, and he died, okay? Uh, everybody has an opinion on, on what happened to Anthony Thompson Jr. Everybody has a, an opinion, and that's great. Uh, one thing about me as a, as, a, as a blogger for 18 years is I have an opinion, and I give you my opinion. Um, you know, sometimes you agree with me, sometimes you don't, and that's okay. That's what the First Amendment's all about, uh, is people voicing their opinion one way or the other. Um, and so, again, here we are, uh, but Anthony Thompson Jr., uh, from the stories that I've been told, um, and it's corroborated uh, somewhat in the reports that we saw from the police department and from Sharm Allen's press conference, um, but there was a dispute among Anthony Thompson Jr. and his then high school girlfriend. Um, she went home because there was, the girl went home because there was a dispute um, they called the law, um, and the one thing that I've been told that from a, from a source is that Anthony Thompson Jr. received some messages from an adult that they're going to get him or they're going to deal with him after school. Again, the, the video from Austin East High School shows Anthony Thompson Jr. leaving the school Shows Anthony Thompson Jr. coming back in the school. Um, did he go to get the gun and come back? We believe so. Uh, or people believe so. Um, he was in the bathroom, basically waiting for the end of school. So if you can believe, if, if everything that I've told you, that I've been told, and that I've seen corroborated in reports, if all of that is true, then Anthony Thompson Jr. didn't mean to use the gun at school. Um, he was waiting so that he would have some self-defense mechanism in case a threat was made on him, right? I mean, let's just play this out. We could be wrong. Anthony Thompson Jr.'s dead. We don't know. Uh, but that's kind of the assumption, right? And then, you know, everyone who is a gun right activist, and I believe in having weapons to defend yourself, to protect your property, to protect your family. 
Um, and I have them, but uh, I'm not a gun collector. Uh, I don't uh, collect AR-15s. I don't collect, I just collect what I gotta have to do the job I need it to do. And I don't need, I don't need something of that magnitude, but it is what it is, okay? Um, so let's, let's now say, okay, so then at some point on April the 28th at West High School, um, we find out about midday that the school was on lockdown. The school was going to be dismissed early. But apparently what happened was a gun fired in a backpack. Apparently, wherever that bullet went, either fragments of that bullet or um, if that bullet hit a, a block wall, fragments came off and injured a school employee. We're assuming a teacher, because I think that's what the news said, a school teacher, right? So, all of this to say that um, there was a gun in a backpack. So, if you've got this security force at Knox County Schools that on Thursday, you realize that the school security officers weren't getting the 12% increase, that the custodians, the secretaries, the cafeteria workers are all getting. Uh, and then you went ahead and added that to them and Chief Perryard got up and said, hey, you know, we're, we're the most underpaid school security department in, in the area, in, in comparable. And I'm not faulting anybody for getting a pay raise. They, you know, everybody deserves the money they make and I'm okay with that. But the problem is, and then, so then we get fast forward to back to the Thursday, the Friday incident. So then the school puts out a statement that they had heard a large sound and that the, uh, then found that a teacher had been injured. Well, that, that statement from the school came only seconds before a statement from KPD saying, there's a situation with a student who had a gun, who the, the gun went off, fragments or shrapnel uh, injured in a school employee. The school employee's okay. Uh, the student's in custody. Investigation continues. So here's my problem, is that with four security officers and decades of school security, there's still not a good protocol for how you deal with these situations. First of all, with all the money that's been invested in the schools for school security, the gun shouldn't have even gone across th the threshold of the door building. But if people are gonna want, if, if the shooter in Nashville wanted to get into Covenant School, they did because they shot through the glass. The doors were locked. They shot through the glass to get into the building. Thankfully, Metro National Police Department was quick to respond, quick to enter the building, quick to take the shooter out, okay? Only thankful that Metro National Police Department was, was, was very, very on top and very, very responsive to what happened 
at Covenant. Uh, or it, it would have been worse, no doubt. So, people that want to do harm are going to do harm. But again, the questions that need to be asked post the firing of a weapon in a backpack, what's the protocol? You know, putting out a statement that there was a large boom when you know that it was a gun, you know that a 14-year-old, which is probably a freshman, is on his way to juvenile, has been arrested. One of your employees, one of your faculty members, has an injury that she really should have gone to the hospital or to a doctor, but she didn't. Or he, sorry, shouldn't assume that faculty members are female. The faculty member should have gone to get medical treatment because the medical treatment would then allow for the opportunity to seek some, some further mental assistance because I'm only assuming, I've never been shot by a weapon um, that could kill me. They shot by a BB gun when I was a kid. Uh, but um, it's... Um, uh, but you know, you're not, you're not the situation where you, um, or I've not been shot by a, a bullet in that regard. So there's going to be some, not only is that faculty member going to have some potential issues that maybe counseling needs to help deal with, but think about the teacher that's in the next room or the teacher in the other room, the, the two teachers on each side of that classroom, you know, the mind is an interesting thing, okay? And, and the fact that those teachers are going to be thinking that student could have been in my class. Or maybe they're saying that student was in my class the period before. Or, yeah, that student was in my homeroom. Um, or that student's going to be in my class next. And, and then you begin to think about how many days had that student carried that gun, all right? So... The school system's got to do something to have some concrete protocols. And whoever told the principal not to say that it was a gun, just to say it was a loud boom, um, has some answers to do themselves. Because you're not being open and transparent with your community like your board policy says that you're going to be. So that's got to be dealt with, um, you know, and, and then going forward, going forward, we've, we've got to find a way to properly address all this. I'm saying all this to say this. We've had four security chiefs that I'm aware of in decades at the Knox County schools. The Knox County school board and the Knox County school system is there to educate students. Um, the Sheriff's Department, the Knox County Sheriff's Department, already has, has vacancies of about 30% of their force between their corrections officers and their on-the-street officers. So they can't accommodate 
taking over the school security force. So I really think that we have to look at the Knox County schools and Knox County, and in particular, maybe even the governor's office, need to look at making the school security office a, a branch of either the governor or the mayor of Knox County. Um, you've got the, you've got the employees, you've got the HR department, um, chief Perry R could, could easily, uh, answer to mayor Glenn Jacobs. Um, those employees would then be under the, the county, uh, and then the school system would take whatever money they're paying right now for, um, school security, transfer that to the county and let Mayor Jacobs um, instruct on how to do it. Because the bottom line is um, something's not happening. Um, in peace officer training, peace officer training, peace officer is a police officer. Uh, it's just called peace officer and then police officer, right? Anyway, in those trainings, uh, particularly when they go to the firing range and they're learning how to shoot their weapon and, and all those things, they are taught two things. One, they are taught that no gun is ever unintentionally fired. If you want to believe the statement from the Knoxville Police Department uh, and then the follow-up, if there was a follow-up comment from the schools, well, the gun was in their backpack it fired. Okay. It still wasn't unintentionally fired because the second thing they teach at peace officer training is that it takes eight to 10 pounds of pressure to pull a trigger. Now, whatever was in his backpack, his, hers, I think it was a male, four, all I, well, it was a 14 year old student. Whatever was in their backpack that caused that trigger to fire had to have been eight to 10 pounds of pressure. Could have been a water bottle, maybe. Could it have been a textbook, maybe. But there's still a lot of things we don't know yet about what happened at West High School. Um, since the story that came out yesterday and since all the other things that are going on, um, you know, I've gotten a lot of reports that may be true, maybe not true. Um, it's, um, you know, there's been a, several threats, uh, unconfirmed threats at West High School this year. Um, several, uh, reports of all kinds of things that I've heard about. Now, are they true? Maybe. Are they not true? Possibly. But the fact of the matter is there's something going on. And West High School is, is predominantly a pretty diverse school. I mean, it pulls from Sequoia Hills. It pulls from um, some lower income areas. So, I mean, it, there's a good, there's a good mix, uh, probably about a 50-50 mix at West High School, I would say. Uh, it's the, was the first international baccalaureate school um, to offer the international baccalaureate program. Um, so it has a great reputation uh, of a school um, that is on the move. Athletically, um, West High School is, is one of the top-notch schools athletically uh, in athletic sporting uh, 
competition. Um, so there's something going on there that the new superintendent needs to deal with. Um, this has not been a good year for Knox County Schools. Uh, this has not been a great first year for John Ryswick, the new director of schools, the new superintendent of schools. Um, you had a situation uh, where you uh, wanted to hurry through, or the board wanted to hurry through a, a, a custodial contract with a private company um, in November, December, but you held off till January and you've hired them till, till the end of June uh, to provide 50 uh, custodians. Uh, there's reports all over the county about what those janitors are not doing and what they are doing. Uh, one in particular um, left the, the gas valve on at Hardin Valley Academy overnight, um, which could have been disastrous. Um, and um, you have this situation. Uh, so you've just had a lot of things going on uh, that has not been a great first year. Um, so I, I, I give this Brian Hornback experience just to say that from, from my experience as a board member, as a former board vice chair, as a former, uh, East board of director for the Tennessee school boards association, um, all of, all of my involvement in, um, in public education as an elected official. And then now as an 18 year blogger. Uh, following it, um, there's something wrong. Something's got to be fixed. And uh, it's going to be up to this board um, to fix it. Probably one of the most diverse boards that I've ever seen. Um, I get frustrated with all elected boards at some point in time. This one's interesting. You got Dr. Butler from the first, Jennifer Owen from the second, um, Daniel Watson from the third, and Catherine Bike from the fourth. Uh, all, um, I would, I would say, um, considered moderate to liberal. Um, then you have Susan Horn, Betsy Henderson, um, Steve Triplett and Christy Christie, who I would consider conservative. And then you got Mike McMillan from the eighth. Mike's a former teacher, um, who, uh, was faced with, um, his contract being terminated, uh, by the superintendent at the time, so he retired. Um, he was on the um, he was on the county commission following his father's death in '92. His father had served from '66 to '92, um, and for all um, full disclosure, I ran against his father in 1990. Uh, I was 23. His father had been in office 23 years. His father won re-election by 112 votes uh, over the votes I received. And that's great because um, we ended up uh, in 92, uh, moving from East Knox County to West Knox County, uh, where we have raised our family. Uh, and um, it was, um, hey, everything works for a reason. And so I was able to represent the folks in West Knox County on the school board uh, 10 years later. We ran in 90, uh, uh, Joe died in 92. Mike uh, got um, reappointed. Uh, or got appointed in 92, won the special election in 92, served until uh, 2006. Uh, in 2006, he was defeated um, on, the, on the county commission, and then I think it was in 2010 that he uh, became a, a school board member and has served there until now. So anyway, 
uh, Mike's uh, getting up in age. Uh, he's missed quite a few meetings uh, due to illness and other things. But anyway, uh, all that to say that uh, the school board has got four that are, I would consider moderate to liberal. You have four that are moderate to conservative. And then you have Mike. Uh, and so that's kind of where the school board is. Um, you know, I, I think Ryswick was a good choice. Um, there was only two choices. It was him and the lady from Bradley County. Um, and I, I think both of them were competent and both of them could maybe do the job. Um, but um, Ryswick is the guy that's the superintendent. And so he's got to fix it and got to figure out how to do this. But at some point, uh, we've got to not have guns in the schools and in particular not have them go off in school particularly a month and a day after COVID. that's it for the 127th episode of the brian hornback experience we'll be back relatively soon